without a good system and process to feed them good data of metrics, they really can't confidently say, I know my salespeople are working hard every day and I believe in them. You're listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome everyone to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today we're talking about how small business can increase the effectiveness of their sales teams and their leadership. A critical challenge, as many know, not only just now, given the current circumstances, but in general. Also, how do you attract and incentivize the right type of talent from a revenue generation standpoint in small businesses? To help us, we have with us Renee Zamora, president of Sales Manager Now and author of Part-Time Sales Management, which focuses on helping any business owner who wants to better manage their sales teams in just 10 to 20 hours per month. Renee, thank you for taking time and welcome to the show. Hey, it's good to be here. I'm looking forward to it. Let's go for it. All right. So we always start with a kind of off the wall question. And right now I'm just interested in learning kind of something that you may be passionate about that those that only know you through work or through your digital persona may be surprised to learn. <laughs> Well, when I say I care about people, I really do. I'm, I'm a pretty sensitive person. And so you can find me actually uh, shedding a tear in sales meetings. <laughs> <laughs> Not because you miss quota. <laughs> Not because I miss quota, because I get stoked when I hear people, uh, you know, applying some of the new things we're learning or, you know, getting into the CIA, uh, CSC level that they've had trouble doing before. I don't know. It, it hits me. It hits you. Hey, I understand. I understand when, when you see the light bulbs go on and the application happen and the results, it's hard. It's hard not to be like, you know what? I'm glad I'm doing this for a living. Exactly. And I, I love salespeople, you know, and, and uh, not everyone does. I do. So I was, I was made to do that, be that person that, that does and gets them and understands them and, and believes that the world has so many more good salespeople than the ones that we kind of are stereotyped to uh, think about. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. All right. So let's start with defining the role small business owners play themselves in driving the results or effectiveness of the effectiveness of their sales team. You know, when we think of small business owners, a lot of them, everybody's wearing a lot of hats, right? Yes, so when, right. when we, when we think about the role that they should play, you know, what is that role that they should play and, and why do you think so many of them struggle with it? Well, if, if they have a sales leader there, then they need to um, allow that leader to be the leader and not just step over their lines. But that's just, you know, management 101, right? Allow your, your managers and leaders to do their role. So, you know, they need to have those things need to be defined. So when we're brought in um, myself or one of our sales man, uh, management consultants, we really not need to define those responsibilities. But okay, so those lines are drawn. Then what they need to be is they need to be that resource that provides what the salespeople need to sell more. Some of the things that, uh, some of the resistance or the, um, I don't know, the lack of <laughs> enthusiasm to want to <laughs> provide salespeople with more than they already have is the fact they don't believe in them. They're not, you know, they, you know, they think maybe they are, they're asked a lot. They always want, they always want, they always want, you know, but the reality is that there's just isn't a structure put in place to allow a business, when a business owner gets there, they've just kind of been beaten down by hopes and disappointments, hopes and disappointments. You know, right. every once in a while, some things go great. But in general, without a good system and process to feed them good data of metrics, they really can't confidently say, 
I know my salespeople are working hard every day and I believe in them. <laughs> it's hard for them to say that because they don't have the data to, uh, and structure to make them feel that way. Absolutely. And when we think about, you know, that sales leader, let's assume it's a small business that has a, has a sales leader in play mm-hmm. in small businesses. It's always a challenge again, because typically that, that business owner, it's, it's their baby, right? They're, they're, right. they're more than, it's more than just a business. It, it has a huge emotional context for them. And so you have a sales leader or manager in there. What do they need to be doing to provide, you know, the sales team so that that sales team consistently optimize is optimized and performing at top levels? Well, they first have to be interested in exactly what you said there. That's what their game is, that to be able to help those salespeople be their best, to be optimized, okay? Which does not mean going out on sales calls to help them close business, you know, which doesn't mean telling them everything to do. What does mean is stepping back, you know, and setting up, you know, clear expectations, having a good meeting, meeting cadence, having good dialogue and engagement in the sales meetings where people are learning from each other, not having to be the guru, not having to earn your place by showing them how much you know and how good you are. No, you got to step back. It's all about the team. You know, you see the best professional coaches in uh, sports, you know, they're just really there managing. But the bottom line is who plays the game? The players who sells? Salespeople, not managers. And so they really need to understand their role. You know, all my glory is in them. Have you have you found it difficult for some sales managers to wrap their head around that? Like that difference between being the be all end all and 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 enabling the team as a whole? You know, I don't work a lot with sales managers, but it's out there. I mean, I've seen it. And that's the part of that Peter principle thing, you know, where you, you know, you move the top sales guy up. I mean, I was that person one time, you know, and I was more attracted to the override than I was to the responsibility. And that's why I bagged it early in my career. (laughs) But, you know, now it's completely different. And, you know, like I said, I'll shed a tear. I'm excited about people being better, improving and, you know, not only being a great salesperson, but becoming a better person. So yes, it's hard for, um, you have to be there to be your best sales leader, sales manager. And there's a lot of good leaders out there. But, you know, Chad, if I could say there's one thing that makes it very difficult in small businesses is that to get the type of talent you want that not only has that perspective of team first, not myself, but also the know-how and the strategic thinking to put all the structure in place and to be keep looking ahead to help people grow because that's where the attention should be. The job at a small business just isn't challenging enough to attract that type of talent. It has nothing to do with the company, the people, the the money offered to them. There usually is not a full-time day of work at a small business. None of my clients I'd work full-time at, and I love them all. But I would get tossed other work that I don't like doing. (laughs) Then I won't like the job anymore, and I'll leave. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And that's kind of why I've written the book to help Small business owners say, look, if you want to do this, here's how you can do it and be the um, owner, sales manager, split, split hats. Or you hire, you know, a company like ours that, that are, you know, popping up more and more. And that is, a, you know, outside, outsourced fractional sales management with some top level uh, people leading your team. 
Love it. And and I, so I have to say, I chuckled as as I was prepping for for this and noticed that one of the things that was in your in your in your pre prep pre prep packet, <laughs> yeah. say that three times fast, um, was you know first the realization that salespeople exaggerate a lot and complain, but yeah. that actually there's a way to make it disappear. And I gotta know. I need to know <laughs> what what it, what is that because we run into this all the time. Sure, I love it. Okay, well, okay, here it is. Here's the big secret. You need to listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> all that exaggeration, just like a, a child all in ourselves, all our extra volume, loudness, exaggeration, complaint. It's all because we don't think our voice is being heard. And so you can't just listen one time and expect all that to go away. You know, you have to show them that, um, you know, you're willing to listen what their problem is, but you're also not willing to listen to the crap. You know, it's like, okay, I got, I hear you here. So what's the, you have to help them learn how to solve issues and problems. So I got it. The customer delivery didn't happen. You're telling me that they're never going to buy from us today. It's the end of the world, you know, blah, 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 unless we don't fix this today. Okay. I got it. I got it. So they're, so you're basically telling me the customer's upset. <laughs> All right. Okay. Got it. They're upset. Boil it down. <laughs> yeah. And you are embarrassed and you're losing your, and you're worried your reputation is going to be tarnished for future sales. All right. I mean, so you have to just, you know, peel it off, help them see the truth also. And, um, and then basically say, all right, what do we need to do? You know, I can't solve it if they don't buy from you tomorrow, but let's solve the problem. And you start showing you, so you got to peel it back. Don't just react and, you know, do a fire drill. Because at that point, what you're doing is you're educating them on how to be business people. And so if you take that time with that, um, you know, through that process, then they see, all right, they start learning, they start quieting down, they see that you listen and solve, or you put it back on them, you know, and so it's just a process, but it's, you have to be consistent at it. You can't just be good one week and then be reactive the next two weeks or <laughs> ignore them because it'll continue and it'll never stop because they're not being heard. <laughs> right. Yeah. The consistency is key. I mean, at least in my experience, if you're not consistent with it, then they don't know what to expect. And so right. it's, it's harder to level set all the way around. Yeah. And, and so if there are small business owners out there and, and they're struggling with the trajectory of their sales teams today, let's just kind of extrapolate it outside of COVID and just in general, mm -hmm, right? Sure. If they're struggling with it, what, where do you recommend they start? Well, how do they, how do they turn the page? How do they, help get those sales teams or do what they need to for the business to have those sales teams be successful? Uh, how we do it is this way. There's, there's five key elements. Uh, one, you, um, you got to believe in your people. So you got to turn that page or whatever negativity you have on your team. You got to just be willing to do a reset for yourself and just say, okay, that's the past. Do I like, do I like these people? <laughs> can they, can they sell for, can they sell? Yeah. I like them and they can sell. Okay, great. Let's reset right there. All right. I believe in them. Forget the past. So that's number one, two, you got to be clear about your expectations. I was listening to one of your earlier podcasts this month and yeah, you know, it's management one-on-one, you know, clear expectations, but how do you do that? I started with the business, you know, share where your vision is, where are you taking the company? If people don't know where you're taking the company and it's just all about like, how much did you sell this month? That's all it's about. There's no, there's no long-term strategy or your, the conversations aren't the same because it's just about this month. But if they know we're going to, we want to double in five years and I'm either going to double my sales team or I'm going to watch these salespeople, um, you know, sell more 
which way would you guys like? <laughs> Sell more or more people? You know what I mean? Just that little thing there puts that responsibility on them. Okay, show me, show me, you know? And so be clear about the business goal, share that, clear about their expectations, create an environment of accountability. I mean, this is a lot. You told me where to start, but I want to give you the whole framework. Right, right. That accountability has the regular meetings, team meetings, one-on-one -on -one meetings, impromptu meetings. And you also have to have quality conversations, which I alluded to earlier about the complaining and exaggeration. So you just have to be committed to, uh, if you can't, you can't always be available to talk to someone, but you can, uh, when you know that they need to, you can make the time to talk to them. Hey, look, I can't do it right now. How's your afternoon look? Great. I'll see, talk to you. Give me a call four o'clock. I'm, I'm there for you. I mean, that shows them it's important. I mean, you don't have to jump every time, but just it's business, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I think that's a big point. I say, I, I hear myself say that a lot. It's just business. These are, you know, we're all adults here, but I would say that owners don't always treat it like it's just business and everyone adults. Right. <laughs> we just get, kept, we get caught up in our own emotions. And so uh, as long as we set the tone and uh, I've just noticed that salespeople are any employee once they know the mode oh, we have business conversations, we talk about issues, we solve issues, we look for opportunities, we align with strategies. They just do that. But if leadership isn't operating that way, then we all operate a little, the best we think <laughs> will get us to what we need. <laughs> right. And then there's no consistency, which becomes right. harder for the organization to, to manage and, and effectively enable. Right. But there was one thing you also said was um, about, uh, you know, if they, I don't know what you said. I, I kind of say breaking through a sales ceiling. You were saying about improving the trajectory. I just got to go back on that point again. That there comes a point in every small business, you know, if it's that five years, 10 years, 20 years. I mean, I work with a company that's 80 years, uh, been in business, third generation. And, you know, they kept hitting the ceiling because they just didn't ever have that sales leader that, you know, was thinking strategically and built the team in it's, it's every manager doesn't do that. There's managers who manage people who just kind of keep the team from bothering the owner <laughs> and they get paid less and, you know, they kind of help every, they, they kind of keep, create their own little, you know, kingdom there, but it doesn't grow that much. It just managed. And then you have leaders who are there to meet objectives um, based on what the owner says. I want, I want us to go from 5 million to 10 million and that's their task. It's not about complaining and giving excuses. It's about that's what we do. That's what we're going to do. And that's the person you need to be looking for if you're at that place of really wanting to break through. Right. But every business, it's up to them because it's their business. They get however, however they want. And I respect that. And so part of the but part of the challenge you mentioned it earlier, I want to go back to is attracting that right type of talent. Now I've I've been in sales 18, uh, 18 plus years. Before that, I was in marketing, but I 100% understand why small businesses may not seem like a challenge or seem like something that has enough, I don't know, out of work or, or whatever for them, mm -hmm. for that, to, to, to attract, you know, the people that, that live and breathe and really have it in their DNA. So one of the things that, that I had seen was that you don't think small businesses are structuring incentives correctly. So how should businesses be structuring their incentives to attract that top talent or the, or the greatest level of talent they can, they can get? Well, first I want to divide two things. What I said earlier about the, the job 
isn't challenging enough over there. That was for a sales leader, sales manager. So attracting sales people. I don't know. Tell me which way you want me to go on this salesperson or sales leader. Uh, sales people. Let's think about sales. Because okay. like, I mean, I'll, I'll admit even myself, like when I was an individual contributor, the, I don't want to say the larger organizations, cause I've never been a huge, like, I mean, I've worked for global companies, but that's not really my sweet spot, but I can see why salespeople may choose something that has a bigger pond, let's say, sure. than, than a small to medium business. So why, you know, how do, how do those organizations, how do those small businesses attract that, that top sales talent? Uh, well, first you need to have that good structure and organization. And that's why I always coach people when they hire me. It's like, let's not go out and start trying to hire people right now. Let's get things taken care of in house. Let's clean up our house here. You know, let's get everything I mentioned before. Let's get our beliefs and expectations and accountability and meetings. So let's build our culture and have that team culture. Okay. That, um, you have good other team type sales folks that are attracted to. So, so you got to get your house in order and then you need to define who you are. Every small business has, has a, an identity and a culture that there's some core employees that really enjoy working there, that the type of employees you want to be there for a long time. That's what's kind of cool at small businesses. People will stay there like their, their life, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, if they can, if the business keep going, they like small, they don't want corporate. They're not trying to build their resume. They're not, you know, trying to hit other milestones. Their, their lifestyle allows for that fa family business. And so our small business and, um, and so you need to define, and then when you're out there pitching, you need to promote that, okay? You don't want to find everybody. You want to find the person who wants your culture. You don't want to find that corporate guy who's in between jobs who thinks right. he might like a small business. He won't, okay? And so you find that, put it out there, and then you have to have your comp in line. And uh, so that just means a little research. You know, what is, what's the marketplace? Uh, just in your, in your area, in your industry, are actually more of like the type of work we're being asked, asking them to do. How much lead gen are they have to do? How much right. are they just responding to? All that stuff comes into play. And so um, I summarized it, house in order, promote who you are. Don't, not who you're not, but who you are. And then uh, make sure your comp is in line to attract the right type of person. And you'll find great people. Just got to be patient. Sometimes it happens fast. Sometimes it takes a month or so. <laughs> awesome. All right. So I love it. So tell, tell our audience more about Sales Manager Now. What, what do you do there? What types of clients you work with? Give us mm -hmm. some context. Sure. So we are uh, a, I don't know, we're, we're sales managers <laughs> for small businesses that are usually usually two to 15 million in sales, sometimes up to 20 million in sales. They have sales teams of two people to 10 people. We work virtually. So, you know, everyone else is learning virtual right now. We've been doing it since for, for 14 years. I was in uh, the training business, uh, similar to you for a while in, in different area, high performance team and leadership. And I just didn't like traveling. And so I wanted, <laughs> I was hoping to find something that would uh, let me stay home Someone gave me this idea of this business and I started it back in 2006 and it hasn't changed where someone just said, Hey, be a small business for, or be a manager for small businesses. And it just hit me. It was like, Oh, why not? I mean, corporations do it all the time. They, right. they have a manager manage five offices or eight offices or 10 offices across the United States or a region. It's like, it's not new. The, con the concept of scaling uh, a leader's effectiveness across many teams is not new at all. It's just very new to small business. It's like, what? 
I would be have a manager that's managing five or seven other teams. How does he do that? <laughs> Doesn't he have to know my product and service? No. Um, <laughs> no, not really. Not if you're yeah. managing and leading correctly. <laughs> right. And I'm not selling a darn thing. I don't get in front of a customer because the right. salespeople should be able to. So we've been doing that. And it's at a, usually our clients pay half than, you know, half, less than half of what they pay a full-time manager, you know, and um, it just seems to work out. So we're just kind of a good little secret here. I'm trying to not be such a secret anymore. <laughs> and how did you ride? I mean, I, I'm with you 100% on the travel thing. And mm-hmm. last year I had 167,000, I think air miles. And this year, you know, everything's gone virtual, which is fine. You know, my business was 10% virtual before and now it's hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, and there's some opportunities to pivot there. I kind of like to be in at home. I'm with you too. I've got clients who say they prefer the virtual, but what, where's the passion for that leadership and that working with small business? Where does that come from? Back to what we started the question. I care about, I like working with, I like having honest business relationships. And when in a small business, I'm talking to the owner, there is no layers of managers or corporate are, you know, what really soured me was when, you know, I was working at a um, privately held company and after a few acquisitions, it finally went public and just seeing, you know, some of the decisions that are made to meet, you know, bank covenants aren't good every day, every quarter, every year business decisions, they're about finance. And it's just, it soured me. I'm just like, you know, it's not right for what I'm doing with the customer. We're doing it just to keep the money flowing up top. <laughs> it's like, you can't tell me that, but I know it. And it's like, I can't live like that. It's like, I want to talk to someone where we can just say, all right, what are we going to do next quarter, what year, and be part of that leadership team that's helping attain someone's vision, someone's lifestyle. I I have such a high respect for small business owners. I mean, it's like more than one time that I've heard like, you know, yeah, we didn't get paid last quarter, you know, I mean, they give up their own pay. You know, no one hears that. They just think they're making a bunch of money, but you know, they, they, they just, I just respect them. Have a lot high respect. It takes, it takes, I mean, it takes a special kind of person to start a business, to Mm -hmm. keep it going. It's not for the meek of the mile. I mean, I, I, and I can say that, you know, I started, this business three years ago, having, you know, left, left the bigger businesses or medium sized businesses, stopped being an executive. And all of a sudden you become one man shop with some business partners and you're doing everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's not a eight to five, eight, to five, I chuckle. Eight, I can't remember the last time I worked <laughs> eight to five. Like it's right. a, it's a lifestyle thing. So it does, I'm with you on that. It takes a lot. Uh, and then there's a great deal of respect that should be given to individuals that are willing to go out and, and do that. So, right. all right. Let's change direction here a little bit. We ask all of our guests two standard questions towards the end of each interview. First mm-hmm. is simply as a revenue exec yourself, as an owner of a business, that makes you prospect for sales professionals. And I'm always curious to understand if somebody doesn't have a trusted you know, reference or referral into you, somebody says, hey, Renee, you really should talk to this individual. How do they capture your attention and earn the right to some time on your calendar to have a conversation? Well, <laughs> they, they can't make assumptions. You know, I hate that when I, you know, I see you should want to talk to me because of this, you know, or I look, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, they just make assumptions. It's so obvious. So they have to, um, they have to be brief, humble and be, you know, be clear that whatever they are offering is something that I would consider, not I should consider, I might want to consider. And so, you know, if they've done a little homework and talk to someone or they really understand my business, then 
they can figure it out, but it's, you know, it's, it's just tough. It's tough out there for sales folks. So go meet someone, get, meet someone that knows me, right. <laughs> then right. talk to them and then you'll know about me. And then you'll have a better chance of getting on my calendar because uh, I'll know that you know me more. I don't have time to educate everyone with what I'm doing. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Show them. You, yeah. We tell everybody, show them, you know, them. do your homework, show them, you know, them. it's gotta be about them. All right. So last question, call it our acceleration insight. If there's one thing you could tell sales marketing or, or professional services, people, one piece of advice you could give them that you believe would help them hit their targets, what would it be and why? One darn it. Uh-huh, just <laughs> one. Right. That's the trick with the question. <laughs> just All right. One. Set your goals, commit to commit to your goals. I'd say commit to your goals. Make sure you know what they are and then yep. and, and stay focused on them. Commit to them. It's, yep. That's yeah, it's your job. It's not just a, on a paper or a chart. That's your job. Do it. Awesome. Love it. Renee, if a listener's interested in learning more about your company, talking to you, where would you like us to send them? You should go to salesmanagernow.com. Salesmanagernow.com. My homepage will have a little intro video. You can learn a little bit more. If you want to explore more, there's plenty on there, plenty of resources you want to read or listen or whatever. We can help you out. Excellent. I can't thank you enough for taking time. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks. It's been fun. All right, everybody. You know the drill. B2Brevexec.com. Share it with friends, families, coworkers. And until next time, we have Value Selling Associates. Wish you all nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.